today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. There's been so many times in my life over the years where I've looked back at what God did. I just think, wow, Lord, I'm so glad you made me wait as much as I hated it. Man, had you done what I wanted you to do at the time that I wanted you to do it, it would have been horrible. God's like, I, I tried to tell you that. You wouldn't listen. You wanted it now. No. Wait. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Do you ever pray for patience? I think we've all prayed that prayer. Have you ever considered just how patient God is with us? As Pastor J.D. teaches today, the Lord often is waiting on you and me. In his study, hear examples of how God's reactions aren't knee-jerk. He always has your best interest at heart. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Isaiah chapter 29 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 8, now go, write it before them on a tablet and note it on a scroll that it may be for time to come forever and ever that this, verse 19, is a rebellious people, lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Lie to us. What? Get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Do you see the progression here? Here's basically what, what's happening. They're saying to the seers, uh, stop. We don't want to see that. We don't want to know about that. They're saying to the prophets, don't prophesy that. Don't prophesy to us right things, righteous things, true things. Don't speak the truth to us. Don't be negative. Oh, you're such a Debbie Downer. I don't know what they call the guys. I, I, they've called me names that are not appropriate from behind the pulpit, certainly. So, But you're, you're such a downer. You're such a killjoy. Just stop talking. And that's what they basically say. Don't, just, just, don't, if you can't tell us what we want to hear, don't just stop. stop. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I mean that they would even have the audacity to say, listen, hey, just kind of tell us lies, tell us sweet. <laughs> How's that song go? That's what they're saying. Lie to me if it's what I want to hear. And if you can't do that, 
then cease from speaking at all. Wow. Well, here again, (laughs) in our righteous indignation, we, we would look at something like this and say, man, I would never do that. Those Israelites, yes, they are a rebellious people. They are lying children. They are liars. They don't want anything to do with the things of God. They don't want to hear. They don't have ears to hear. Well, 2 Timothy 4. We just studied through 2 Timothy not too long ago. Verse 1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing, that's the rapture, and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. Timothy is a pastor. You know that, right? Paul's writing to him, exhorting him, trying to encourage him too. And he says, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke. Oh, they don't like that. They won't come back next week. And encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Here's why. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. In other words, Timothy, in the last days, this will be a marker too, by the way, talking about Christians here. These are God's people. They will flock in great numbers to pastors and churches that will only tell them, God loves you. You're a good person. It's all good. Smooth things. Oh, my ears. Oh, just... Oh. Tell me more. Because when I leave, I I just want to feel good about myself. Oh, you do, do you? I, I don't think I read that anywhere in God's Word, where we're to feel good about ourselves. In fact, I find the opposite. We're to die to ourselves. Oh, that doesn't I'm not going to hear that. <laughs> Stop. Preacher, there's a church down the road from you. That pastor, he first of all, he only talks for about 20 minutes. That's your introduction, 20 minutes. So I'm going there. Okay, bye. See ya. Aloha. I did not say Allah. I said aloha. No, that's for real. I said aloha, and I apparently did not enunciate well enough. And oh my goodness, blew up comments. Did he say Allah? No! Okay, I just had to get that off my chest. Allah means hello and goodbye, right? Am I right? Help me out here, please. Lie to me if it's not. 
See, that pastor down the road isn't going to tell me what I need to hear and say to me that I'm a sinner and that I need Jesus. He's not going to tell me the truth, even though it's faithful. That friend is faithful who will wound you. The wounds of a friend are faithful and they can be trusted. An enemy multiplies kisses. No, that's self-love, right? You're thinking more about yourself because you want that person to like you, so you're not going to say anything negative to them. Sorry for the drama, but... Because I want them to like me. I want you to like me. I mean, what? who doesn't want people to like you? But I don't... <laughs> I don't see that either. Oh, I wish it were there. I wish I could stand up here and preach on a passage about how God wants you to be liked by people. In fact, the opposite is true again. Beware when all men speak well of you. It's backwards. It's upside down. It should be noted that evil, E-V-I-L, is live backwards, L-I-V-E. Verse 12, therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perversity and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall, whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant, and he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces. He shall not spare. So there shall not be found among its fragments a shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. This is a picturesque prophecy. God is saying to them that His judgment will come suddenly, in an instant, as a bulging wall suddenly breaks into pieces, a thousand pieces. For thus says the Lord God, verse 15, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. And you said, No, for we will flee on horses. Therefore, you shall flee, and we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you shall flee, till you are left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a banner on a hill. Oh, (laughs) sad. God's making this offer. Just come to me. I'll give you rest. All you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest for your soul. You know, there's two words here uh, in verse 15 that I really am fond of. Rest, quietness. Oh, I'll take it. Where do I sign? Rest, quietness? But you would not. He refused my offer. And now 
instead of a thousand enemies fleeing from them because of their obedience, a thousand of them will flee from their enemies because of their disobedience. Oh, I like the, I like the first one better, like way better. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to live at peace with him. When you're walking in obedience, when you're walking in uprightness and righteousness before the Lord, He will make your enemies flee. But the opposite is true. It works both ways. When you're not walking in obedience, then instead of your enemies fleeing from you, you are fleeing from your enemies. That's what's happening here. Therefore, verse 18, the Lord will wait that He may be gracious to you, and therefore He will be exalted, that He may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. God has used this verse in my life over the years, I mean in a powerful way, time and time again, concerning God's timing. Notice with me the first part of verse 18, that the Lord will wait. Can you picture this with me? I hope it's not too uh, silly of an illustration, but just picture God just, okay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> He's waiting on me. He's waiting. God, the Lord will wait. Okay, I'll wait. He's waiting for us. So we talk about waiting on the Lord. Have you ever thought about the Lord waiting on you? No, think about this. I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord's like, you're waiting on me? I'm waiting on you. What's up with that? He'll wait. He's merciful. He's patient. He's long-suffering. Oh my goodness, He has to be long-suffering. But see, here's the problem. God won't move. It's not that he can't. God won't move a parked car. He'll wait till we get it in gear. Reminds me of a very humorous story. I think it's a true story many years ago in uh, Southern California. So very wealthy lady turns her signal on. She's got this big Cadillac and she's going to pull into this parking space as somebody's getting ready to pull out. And before she can get into the parking space, here comes this young guy in a smaller car. He just zips in, takes her parking spot. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, you bear witness. My sanctification flees from me. Oh yeah, no, it's... Anyway, that's enough of my problems. But so she's just... And then to make matters worse, he gets out of the car and he looks at her and he says, when you're young and fast, you can do that. (laughs) So she does this. She takes her big Cadillac and she zooms and bashes into that car and she keeps backing up and running into it until she pushes it up on the sidewalk and takes the spot and parks her car. 
Can you imagine the look on his face? Why? <laughs> she gets out of the car and says to him, when you're old and rich, you can do that. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, God won't move a parked car, but old rich women will. So, but <laughs> that's so funny, isn't it? I would have loved to have seen that. Where was I? Our Bible study already in progress. <laughs> we wait on the Lord, but how often does God wait on us? He's waiting for us. Let's get a move on. <laughs> He's gracious, and the Lord will wait. And one more thing on this, and then we'll finish the chapter in the study. God's timing is always perfect, right? We say that as cliche. God's never late, but He's never early either. God's timing is always perfect. And truth be made known, we don't want Him to be early, because that can thwart that which God wants to do in His perfect timing. You know, oftentimes we, we just think, wow, Lord, I just, you know, why is this taking so long? Oh, if you only knew, just wait, you'll see. Just wait. Wait. No, but I hate to wait. I know you do, but you have to. You have to wait. I can't wait. No, you have to wait. Just wait. You'll see what I'm going to do. There's been so many times in my life over the years where I've looked back at what God did. I just think, wow, Lord, I'm so glad you made me wait as much as I hated it. Man, had you done what I wanted you to do at the time that I wanted you to do it, it would have been horrible. God's like, I I tried to tell you that. You wouldn't listen. You wanted it now. No. Wait, wait. Lord's going to be gracious to you. Verse 19, for the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand, or whenever you turn to the left. This is how God speaks. He speaks in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, you will also defile the covering of your images of silver and the ornament of your molded images of gold. You will throw them away as an unclean thing. You will say to them, get away Then he will give the rain for your seed with which you sow the ground and bread of the increase of the earth. It will be fat and plentiful. In that day your cattle will feed in large pastures. Likewise the oxen, verse 24, and the young donkeys that work the ground will eat cured fodder, which has been winnowed with a shovel and fan. There will be on every high mountain and on every high hill rivers and streams of waters. In the day of the great slaughter, when the towers fall, 
Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord binds up the bruise of His people and heals the stroke of their wound. Behold, verse 27, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with His anger, and His burden is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and His tongue like a devouring fire. His breath is like an overflowing stream, which reaches up to the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of futility. And there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people, causing them to err. You shall have a song, verse 29, as in the night when a holy festival is kept, and gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. The Lord, verse 30, will cause His glorious voice to be heard, and show the descent of His arm with the indignation of His anger, and the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering tempest and hailstones. For through the voice of the Lord Assyria will be beaten down as he strikes with the rod. This is a reference, we've talked about it often, I won't go into detail, but it's in 2 Kings chapter 19 verse 35, under King Sennacherib of the Assyrians, and they invaded Jerusalem, were outside encamped, laying besiege on Jerusalem, 185,000 of them. And God says, just, sends just one angel, not even, we're not even told his name, I think it was an intern, sends him down, kills 185,000 of them in one night. They wake up in the morning, they're all dead right there. That's what God said, and that's what God did. Verse 32, and in every place where the staff of punishment passes, which the Lord lays on him, it will be tambourines and harps, and in battles of brandishing he will fight with it. For Tophet, another word for hell, was established of old. Yes, for the king it is prepared. He has made it deep and large. Its pyre is fire with much wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, kindles it. Whoa. You know that expression, there's a special fiery hot place in hell for, it's not very nice, but I think this is maybe where it comes from, because this is what God is saying. I've prepared a very hot fiery place in Tophet for the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, but that was the near prophecy fulfilled for them then. But this also is another dual prophecy for us now at the time of the end, because this place, this lake of fire, God has prepared it for the devil and his demons. And it burns very hot. And that's what this is describing. Is it wrong or bad if I say, I can't wait? till the devil gets his. That day is coming, and I believe it's very soon. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. 
We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.